0: The number one performance expert at the company, two or three application experts from the team that provides the HR we use, all lined up on a team's call, and it dropped everything, cleared their schedules, and they sat on the phone with us from 8 in the morning
1: till 5 p.m., just working the issues. Welcome to Rarified Air, stories of inspired service, a podcast that takes you on a journey into the DNA of inner systems. Our host, John Palladino, Head of Client Services, will be your guide as we explore how our unparalleled commitment to customer service fuels limitless human potential. Join us as we dive into the culture of inner systems and share the stories of the people who make it all possible, our customers, partners, and employees. From helping healthcare providers to improve patient outcomes, to empowering the world's most important financial institutions, We'll show you how our dedication to customer service excellence is in rarefied air.
2: With me today is somebody I've known for quite a while, Bill McCormick. Welcome, Bill. Thanks, John.
0: I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited to talk to you. It's been a long time.
2: You have a great story about how you came to InterSystems. You want to share the story with the listeners? Sure.
0: So, just for background, I guess the um, my father joined InterSystems in 1993 as the COO, and at the time. I was running a business for my uncle, which was a strangest it may sound, a grandfather clock manufacturing company. And I had started out in purchasing, running their production planning and scheduling and getting bills of material and everything in place for the manufacturing. And within a couple of years, I ended up running the company for my uncle basically, and took a company that had been losing money and turned it into a company that was breaking even. And my uncle took the opportunity to sell. And so I'm sitting in 96 and I'm looking for something else to do. And so my father's sitting up here at InterSystems and he's like, well, you should meet some people in the business. I'm sending resumes out and coming up to Boston to interview. I lived in Connecticut at the time. And so I would come up and I would schedule three or four interviews and I would park the car at InterSystems and go sit in my dad's office to kill time between interviews because I didn't have anywhere else to stay. So my father's on a business trip somewhere overseas and I've come up and it's early May, 96. And I'm sitting in my dad's office
2: between interviews and John walks by the office. And you were just parked there, so I figured I'd put you to work.
0: Well, he comes in, he goes, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, I'm waiting for an interview with someone else. He's like, are you interviewing here? And I'm like, no. And he goes, why not? And the funny part of the story was, this was on like a Wednesday. They hired me. I started on Monday. My father was still on the trip. He didn't know I was working at InterSystems. And that started my career here. <laughs>
2: you know, how hired you actually in spite of your father. <laughs> John McCormick was our chief operating officer at the time, a fantastic guy. Yeah, he was away on a trip, and I hired you, and uh, he wasn't aware of it. And I went to him, I'm not sure if you know this, Bill, (laughs) and said, John, I hired your son, and if I have to fire him, I hope you don't hate me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad it worked out.
0: And to be honest with you, it was one of the most rewarding things because every day somebody called us, and they had a problem, and your job was to solve it and get them sorted and get them moving on to the next thing. But back then, I learned the lesson, John, that you had to come into work every day with at least one change of clothes and a passport, because you never knew when you were going to throw us on a plane somewhere. Did that ever happen? <laughs> Multiple times. I a couple of my favorite stories. One of them was right around 1999 or 2000. And we had a customer in, in Norway that was a bank that had adopted Cache 3 and were running into significant SQL performance problems. And it just got escalated. And there was nobody else available who could go, even though I probably wasn't the best person for rescue all at the time, but I was the only one who could jump on a plane. And this was between Christmas and New Year's. And John, threw myself and one of my colleagues on a plane, flew to Oslo and then flew to Bergen, Norway, which is a port on the western coast of, of Norway in one of the fjords. And we go to this bank and we get working with them. And it turned out they hadn't understood how to optimize all the SQL options they had in Cache at the time. And so we worked with them and added some indices and tweaked some of their queries. And we had the problem fixed for them the day we arrived. <laughs> and the customer was so pleased and happy. They said, well, we, we have to, you've flown all the way here. We have to take you out to dinner. And they took us down to the harbor in Bergen. And it turned out there was a lunar eclipse that night. And so in the middle of the dinner at like 11 o'clock at night, we all walk outside to see the moon disappear. And you're so far north and the moon was so low. It was huge. It was one of those spectacular sights. And at the end of the day, that customer was
2: so pleased with us. That's a great story. I'd forgotten about that story, but we didn't have teams and we didn't have you know, the technology then to just get connected. So getting on site quickly was imperative. But with You know, teams and virtual meetings and people working remote or hybrid, everything's changed. How would you say things have changed or not changed in that respect?
0: Well, you know, you couldn't remote desktop in and control anybody's experience back then. So you had to go and do it by hand. And so that was great, but it's changed now. I mean, in in my organization today, I live in and out of teams and virtual meetings probably 60% of my day. And it's productive because... You can have a call and and pull in as many people as you need to work an issue and get to the bottom of something. But from a doing the work perspective, it's no different for me sitting at home doing that versus coming into an office like this and sitting in my office and connecting up with people. So that's the same. But the one thing that I will say I do miss though, is the human interaction that you get when you're in an office.
2: That's a really interesting observation. So we can be much more responsive today than we were, say, 20 years ago or even 10 years ago, thanks to technology and the way we were working. But expectations have gone up, too. We have to be even more responsive because that's what's expected. On the other hand, you have to work harder to do something that came natural 10 or 15 years ago by building relationships.
0: You have to work at that aspect of the job much harder. It might be easier on the technical side, but the relationship side actually requires a greater investment.
2: So, Bill, let's share a little bit about your career here, because we gave you everything new. Anything we had that was new came to you. Share with us what that journey was like. So I came in, and like I said, I started
0: out doing frontline support, 4 a.m. shift, You know, supporting at the time, Cache, and then you'll remember Weblink, and then CSP, and all those various technologies. and uh, We still support them. But I know. That. And Ensemble, when it came out, and all of those things. And so I became kind of, John used to call it the SWAT team. You know, somebody was testing our new technology, and it didn't work, and the salespeople needed support. John would throw me and a couple of my colleagues who I trained up, and we would go on site and fix things. And for a long time, that's what I did. It was always rewarding, and I always enjoyed it. And like I said, it was always helping people, and 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 you know, whether it was new customers, prospects, existing people, going out and working with the various sales engineers in all the different countries, it, and it was always different. You never got in a rut. You never were doing the same thing.
2: Tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. You don't have to get too specific. I know your company is is going to be doing similar podcasts on some of the topics that you and I have discussed. Yeah. So I manage a project that's delivering,
0: it's based on intersystems technology. So, you know, we use Iris for health and we have some health share and, and all the technology bits and bobs are the same. But basically, I manage a team of about 100 people that are delivering a solution for a customer that delivers an EHR. We've helped them handle patient, outpatient booking, appointments, that sort of thing. And my job is to coordinate their activities, foresee problems, um, anticipate issues, schedule, managing the release cycle, all the things you do to implement a large project.
2: I can sense you're holding back on a great customer story. I I see it. Body language is telling me you want to share something else with the audience.
0: It's interesting because I had always been the guy on the other side of the phone. I was always the guy that you called and asked for help. And it's different being on the other side of the experience, and it's funny in a lot of ways because I interact with applications that I wrote for you guys. And so it's kind of like I know how it all works. I know how the sausage is made. Oh, but...
2: <laughs> we have to stop in that story, <laughs> just just for a second, Bill, because back in 1988, if you could believe it, I wrote our ticketing system, which we called OnCall at the time. Because we had everything on paper. So if somebody was on vacation, you never knew where they left an, an issue, a problem, something was being investigated. So I wrote the system. And then Bill rewrote it three times. And yes. it's, we're still using it today. And knowing the insight into the system,
0: I can tell you that I've experienced the rarefied error of intersystem support, in fact, just in February. Um, our project was deploying a new release. And in addition to a new update of our software, we were moving from... Iris for Health 2020 to Iris for Health 2021. And so it was a major release for us. There was a lot of moving parts. We do our deployments on Friday nights. We have Saturday to make sure everything's working okay. And then we hand the system off to the customer. And Monday morning rolls around and everything's fine. All of a sudden, at about 11, we start getting what they call tickets because people were having problems using the application. And what had happened was everything was much slower than what they were used to. And these are the sort of fun mystery problems that you, know, you get in support is, you know, what what happened? You know, And we had changed a lot of stuff. At first, it takes a couple hours for everybody to kind of marshal up the horses and get connected and get into those teams groups and get on calls and things. And by the time we were organized on Monday, it was later in the day and the volume had dropped off because that peak load tends to happen from 10 to like 1 or 2 in the afternoon. And so we didn't sort it. And so the next day, we're like, well, it's going to happen again. We're going to get a bunch of tickets. You know, we, we need a plan. And so reached out to the TRC and made a plan. And, I, and this is where InterSystems really shines. The next morning, 8.30 in the morning, I've got, and I'm going to drop names here. Marcelo Caru, John's Director of Customer Support. Mark Belinsky, their performance expert, the number one performance expert at the company. Two or three application experts from the team that provides the HR we use all lined up on a team's call and it dropped, everything cleared their schedules. And they sat on the phone with us from eight in the morning till 5 p.m. just working the issues, looking at things, checking things, checking every single bleeping thing we could think of that might've been causing problems. We were upgrading hard drives. We were doing all sorts of crazy things to try to solve the problem. And they stuck with us through the whole thing. And right at the end of the day, we had a light bulb moment go off. A setting in Iris for Health, the default had flipped from the two versions and it happened to be one that they thought was, wasn't was gonna cause a problem. And as it turned out, it did. And so we flipped the setting back, but we still didn't know, is it fixed? You know, we Because it's the end of the day now, the load's gone. So the whole crew got on the phone with us again the next day and just sat and watched until we got through that peak load moment in the morning and nothing had gone wrong. And then mission accomplished, crisis solved, and we could move on. And it's that commitment and level of support that really impresses you as a customer. And, you know, it's just a different experience when it's real and it's serious. Inner Systems is always there. That's been true on every project I've worked on since I left the company.
2: Yeah, we're proud to be a partner of Cognosante, the company you work for, Bill. But the measure of partnership is how you respond in a crisis and how you work together to prevent it. Exactly. So, Bill, you spent a long time at Inner Systems. Now you're working for Cognosante. You've seen it from both sides. How would you... Describe how things have changed with inner systems, or haven't changed. And Is so, that a good thing or a bad thing? So, when I joined the company,
0: I was employee number two hundred or so, and it was a company that was very loose. There were no procedures or roles. You did what you did, and there was no structure to it. And at some point, you need rules and you need process. And so it was fascinating as an employee to watch those things kind of seep in and reshape the culture of the organization, which had been this very fluid, dynamic thing into structure. And yet still somehow keeping that little bit of, you used to call it entrepreneurial spirit, you know what I mean? But it was that that even though we've got rules and process, there's still opportunities and there's still flexibility, which you didn't lose. And I think What I've seen from the outside looking in in the last five years has been, how do we make those 2,000 people feel comfortable and happy in their jobs, which you guys have really focused on? You guys are really making an effort now to deliver a commitment to making your employees satisfied in their work here, which is something that... I think it was always there, but it's become more in the last five years.
2: Yeah. As you were saying earlier, Bill, you know, you have to work a little bit harder and differently to establish the relationships and to grow the relationships. Absolutely. It's
0: not the days when you could go to the sale loft after work downstairs and, you know, half the company
2: would be in there having a drink. That's where we solved all the problems in the world. All the problems. we? We did. Do we still have the passion for client success? I know that there's things that could still be done
0: better, but the passion for customer success is still there. You guys care about the customers. You care about the outcomes. You care about how things work. And you've made steps to improve things. You guys actually have a sizable QA effort. You guys make a great effort now to test and make sure that things are compatible, that things work and that you guys are delivering. And you can see the investment. I'll give you another example from my current life. We've been using Iris for Health and before that Ensemble back on 2017. I have yet to raise a single, don't excuse me, I've raised one. We've raised one WRC issue where there was a bug in Ensemble or Iris for Health that we needed you guys to correct. great. we have not had any problems with the core
2: technology. But you found one, so we have to do better. Opportunity, John. There's (laughs) always opportunity to improve, that's for sure. Well, this has been great, Bill. You've you've really shared a lot of great stories, a lot of history. And from a customer's perspective, that was very, very interesting. In the words of our first employee, Charles Hotchmuth, he said in front of a big group, it's great to have a past, but it's much better to have a future.
0: Agreed. Charles was a wise man.
2: <laughs> I look forward to a great future as your partner, Bill. Thank you for being with us today.
1: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, John. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or want to hear from a specific guest, email us anytime at inspiredservice at And when you're ready to unlock the potential of your data and experience the transformative power of support done differently, go to intersystems.com.